Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive all throughout the COVID-19 quarantine. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. How's it going? Good. I do like that you replaced 366 days with the quarantine because it feels like 366 days. Well, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better year for the quarantine to happen. It had to happen a leap year. Well, yeah, 28 days or 29 days in February, five months in March, and 4.7 years in April. I mean, it's been a a leap year. (laughs) It is only only mid-April right now, and I feel like we're in the middle of summer. This is going, this is insane. It is dragging. And yet, at the same time, we do our countdown every week, and it seems to be going fast, even if it doesn't feel like it's going fast. Well, I mean, you look at our cal- our schedule for the rest of the year. I was looking at it the other day, by the way. Some great stuff coming up to take us through the end of the year. Um, and it's not many episodes until Christmas. It's really not. Not many movies no. until Christmas. Do they I... all feel as long as the one we're covering tonight? No. I'm Some trying... <laughs> I'm trying a new calendar app because of all the changes that uh, Fantastical is making and that it, that I don't like. Yeah. Um, but my favorite thing about my new app called Time Page is built in. Can you see? Kind of. Oh, Christmas like countdown. Christmas oh, countdown. That's neat. All the time. Love that. I do too. I love it. Our Easter was interesting this year, y'all. Was it? Different Holy Week whole, experience this whole, for you. Very disconnected, unfortunately. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. We feel closer to those in our own circle, but then outside of our circle feels like this black void. Some of those in our circle want us to be less close. Oh, really? Ellie? <laughs> <laughs> Still calling you a weirdo? Isn't that what she said that night? That's what she said that night, yep. Hmm. Well, you know, what was a good way to pass the time the past few days? What? Oh, listening to our friend Jerry Davila's new Christmas podcast. Episode oh, two yes. came out. I know. Totally, a totally rad Christmas. It's awesome. It's, it's a totally rad it's, podcast. It is. I mean, you would expect no, nothing less from Jerry, right? Jerry's a totally rad guy. For I real. like his voice. I like his voice. He's got a good podcast voice. This is a good podcast voice. So if you haven't checked them out, you should totally ride Christmas. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. And Jerry, welcome to the Christmas podcast family. Yeah. The family's growing. The family's growing. I feel like all my kids grew up and married each other. Oh, Lord. I don't know why we went there. 
that's an oh is her me oh <laughs> okay yeah that sounds like michael scott yeah michael said it in the finale when he was yeah. looking at dwight and angela and jim and pam <laughs> that's right <laughs> but i have been re-watching friends i am midway through season three nice All right i don't um i was gonna tell you too i don't know if y'all know this but if anybody has serious xm they're playing christmas mm-hmm. music through mid-may on the hallmark channel radio well, that's delightful. Ooh. Speaking of evil villains randomly showing up in places of authority that make no absolutely no sense, tonight we're covering Fred Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one who felt like Kevin Spacey's character was an ideal Trump appointee? <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one who doesn't get why the North Pole is even within a system that needs to be audited and can be shut down? Yeah. All right, let's, let's do a plot synopsis. Fred Claus is a movie about Santa Claus's brother, Fred. Was that a flask? No, continue. Oh, I just thought he pulled out a flask and took a swig while we were recording. I'm like, oh, tonight's going to be epic. <laughs> Fred Claus has brought us to this. Oh. <laughs> Fred Claus is a film about Santa Claus's brother, Fred Claus, who is a loser. He's basically become this embittered, angry person who's borderline con artist out of jealousy of his younger brother, who is so kind, giving, and uh, beloved by everybody, including their parents. Fred Claus needs money to buy a building, or to pay, I guess, a lease, to pay a lease on a building that he wants to do in Chicago for a business. And the only way his brother will help him is if he comes and works at the North Pole. Little does Fred know, for some reason, some random evil dude is there to audit the North Pole because that's something that has to happen. And they're talking about outsourcing. Uh, Get the name right. His name is Clyde. His name is Clyde. I don't really need his name. Uh, And uh, Fred Claus makes everything worse and uh, just about shuts down Christmas. Okay, I have I have to take issue. Borderline con artist. He literally steals all that money. He is a con artist. Uh, but he he wasn't before that. I mean, he was you know he had a legitimate business as a repo man. Go ahead. If y'all want to know what kind of movie this is, do you know how they got the name settled on the name Fred? How? In trying to come up with the name for Santa's brother. Jesse Nelson, who came up with the idea for the film after her daughter asked if Santa has a family, hit upon Fred while watching The Godfather on television. Fred is an homage to Fredo Corleone. So basically, Fred Claus is a traitor to the family. All right. Man. That's, that's fair. So this movie created some interesting discussion. I was saying Fred, Fred is a repo man. Let's watch in the show with Ellie little girl comes out of the house to kick Fred because he's mm-hmm. repossessing all their stuff and he's being really mean and she's wondering why he's taking all of her stuff. So I have to explain to her, you know, uh, the entire American economic system and uh, <laughs> how credit works and what repossessions are. And she's suddenly afraid that somebody's going to take our house. Oh. I failed on that one. I failed on that one. Oh, you should have just said this uh, is what happens when little kids are naughty. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you guys my parenting stories one day. <laughs> I think you're going to have a full-blown sociopath by four, man. I really do. <laughs> so 
Let's go through the credits of this movie. This movie is directed by David Dobkin. Uh, David Dobkin has a lot of credits as a producer and director in Hollywood. He's worked with Vince Vaughn before with Wedding Crashers. He did the movie The Judge with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in 2014. That was a good movie. Oh. He produced that one. Oh, I thought he directed. Um, according to oh, You're right. Sorry. Directed. You're right. Yeah. He directed and produced The Judge. He did a lot of Maroon 5 videos. He was a recurring director on Into the Badlands. And Don't you have a good Maroon 5 story to tell us, Tom? Oh, we just found, we were going through and cleaning out a bunch of stuff at our house. And we found some old stuff of Christine's from back in the day when we were dating um, some of her letters and correspondence and stuff with Maroon 5 back when she was friends with a member of the band. Uh, back when... What's his name? Adam. Back when uh, Adam Levine was much more timid than he is now. The one time I saw him, he, seemed, he was very much not uh, this big, outgoing personality that he is now. It's kind of a, so, so you know how you know how there's that whole six degrees of separation thing. I feel with Tom, it's three degrees. Like I feel like yeah. we mentioned yeah. somebody or something, and he always has a sto- personal story related to it. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Been weird situations, y'all. I end up in weird situations. <laughs> Christine does too. So when you put us together, it just happens. <laughs> That's awesome. Then. Did y'all it see that awesome. he was also a producer of that awful movie that none of us liked, Vacation, the new the Ed Helm we, Vacation movie? I didn't hate that one. Well, that I never we weren't saw big it. fans. We were not big fans. I weren't big fans. I, 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 the, best, the best scene in that movie was with Chevy Chase. I'm watching Community right now. And Chevy, Chevy Chase is awful. Yeah, awful. I like, I, I never liked the show. This is probably my fourth time to try it. And now that I'm in quarantine, <laughs> I'm actually able to focus. And um, I just finished season one and I enjoy everybody on that show. I enjoy everything. I love the Christmas episode, mm-hmm. except Chevy Chase, which I guess, what, starting so, in season two, he and the writers start having a lot of problems from what I hear and they start making his character intentionally awful. Oh my yep. gosh, really? And they eventually write him out. They eventually write him out. So, so Chevy Chase has a house around here. I think I might have t- really? t- told, told this story on the podcast last year, but last year it was like the front headline of the <laughs> paper one day. Uh, Chevy, Ch- Chevy Chase uh, got into a chase across the former Tappan Zee Bridge, now the Governor Mario Cuomo Bridge, and uh, got <laughs> pissed somebody off enough to get out of their car and get into an altercation. Oh, that's awful, man. He can yeah. run fast enough to run away from somebody? I think he <laughs> wanted the altercation. Oh, dear. Did you say R.I.P.D.? This guy directed R.I.P.D.? Yeah. Talk about a movie with so much potential that just sucked. Yeah. Really? It, it could have been really, really cool. Mm. I went into it thinking it was going to be an awesome movie. Just the whole. Well, I, I heard the comic was actually pretty good. I never read the comic, but I mean, the, just just a concept was very cool, and it had Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. But no, just sucked. Uh, nope. hmm. Jesse Nelson. Jesse Nelson is the writer of the story, not the screenplay. And she was known for. She was a producer of movies like I Am Sam, Karina, Karina. I love I Am as Sam. As I said so. Uh, she did Love the Coopers. The she, she directed Love the Coopers, and she was in So I Married an Axe Murderer. <gasps> what? Ralph. She played Ralph. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
the writer of the screenplay. So I can't say anything about the story. I don't know what the story itself is like, but I can say the screenplay is done by Dan Fogelman. And Dan, I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan is a writer for This Is Us, um, wrote Life Itself, wrote Tangled. He was the writer for Anthony's favorite Pixar movie, Cars. <laughs> Cars 2, he wrote Bolt. I liked Bolt. Did you Bolt like Bolt, Anthony? The Bolt was another boring one. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> And sweet. I remember watching Bolt and The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2 and thinking to myself, I'm a superhero guy. Why can't I get like these ones that revolve around <laughs> that you concept? Know, I think part of it honestly may be the difference in experience of watching it by yourself versus watching it with kids and what yes. their attention gets them excited because you feed off of their energy. So, Anthony, I want you to go out and find a random four or five-year-old, bring them back to your house and try watching these movies. Invite them to your house. But I Tell do like a lot of Disney and Pixar movies on my own. Don't be, don't be, I, yeah, but, but like some of the things I didn't like before, I like a lot more now that I'm watching them with Ellie. So when you go to try to get those four yeah. or five-year-olds, don't be creepy about it. Just tell them you have candy and puppies in there <laughs> and get them to come up and you'll be fine. Uh, this guy wrote Crazy Stupid Love. Did you guys see that movie? I did not. Uh-uh. Okay. That is one of the best com- romantic comedies of recent years. It stars Steve Carell and Julianne Moore and Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yep. And it is hilarious and one has one of the best twists in a comedy I've ever seen. Didn't see it coming. They got audible reaction in the theater when it happened. <gasps> oh. So this one, like this one is on my voodoo. In case <gasps> like- oh. Good to know. This movie stars Vince Vaughn as Fred Claus, our... I don't know, protagonist, antagonist? I don't know where he's, definitely the antagonist, but he's the guy we're following and supposed to be rooting for for some weird reason. He started his acting career on the TV show China Beach, which my grandparents wow. used to watch, pretty old school. He had it's a, old school. Then he went, went to 21 Jump Street. He was on after, ABC After School Special, A Question About Sex, and on the CBS School Break Specials. Uh, I also um, forgot, I always forget he was in Lost World Jurassic Park. In he was in Lost World Jurassic world. Park. He was also in Doogie Howser, MD. Of course, wow. he was in Rudy and Swingers. He, was on the, he played Loki on the TV series Hercules, the voice of Loki. <laughs> um, he was Luke Zoolander. So he was there for one of my favorite scenes in all of Zoolander. <laughs> You've got the black lung pup. <laughs> <laughs> it's merman dad merman uh he was in starsky and hutch dodgeball old school Polly shore is dead mr and mrs smith the breakup wedding crashers four christmases couples retreat anchorman 2 the internship he was on true detective f is for family also in maroon 5 music videos for some reason another recurring thing and he's got a couple movies coming up soon. What's your favorite Vince Vaughn, y'all? Uh, movies he's not in are my favorite. I'm not a Vince Vaughn fan. No part of me. Uh, I liked Dodgeball and Wedding Crashers. Swingers for me. I'm going to go on and, and posit that Paul Giamatti is the worst Santa we've seen out of any movie. Uh, wait, wait, before we move on from Vince Vaughn, oh, I do want to... He was in the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm as well in a recurring role. Uh <laughs> 
because the actor who played a character on that show, Bob Einstein, died before the most recent season. Comedy oh. legend, if you look him up. So he mm-hmm. plays his cousin, which is weird to me that uh, Vince Vaughn is now old enough to hang out with people like Larry David and <laughs> the older <laughs> people on that show. <laughs> but uh, He doesn't act his age. He, he's 11 uh, years older than me. Oh my gosh, he does not do you, act his age. Do you know that he is only three years younger than Paul Giamatti? Wow. I I looked that up when I was trying to figure out the difference between Santa and his brother in this movie. <laughs> Holy cow. Man. Paul is, Giamatti uh, is younger than my mom? That's surprising. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he seemed like he's like 50 since he was 30. Okay. <laughs> he, he's one of those people who's always been older, yes. And he Paul has, Giamatti but... also went after the role of Michael Scott. They really so wanted him. For him. They did? Yeah. They really wanted him. Yep. I, it would have been different, but I don't necessarily know that it would have been bad. Yeah. It wouldn't have been what it was. I mean, we're about to talk about Paul Giamatti, but I would say he's a good actor, just not yeah. in this film. <laughs> Paul, so we have our worst Santa that we've covered yet, in my opinion, which is Paul Giamatti, who sucks all the joy, love, and life out of Santa Claus. Paul Giamatti is probably most well-known for his role in Sideways. That's really what jettisoned his career, though. He's been acting back since 1990. He was in My Best Friend's Wedding, The Truman Show, Dr. Doolittle, Saving Private Ryan, The Cradle Will Rock. He had a role on King of the Hill. He was in Cinderella Man, The Illusionist, Lady in the Water, The (laughs) Antbully. Uh, Fred Claus, of course. He plays John Adams in the TV series John Adams and was mm-hmm. out freaking standing. Uh, that was my favorite Paul Giamatti. By the way. How yeah. could it not be? Yeah. He's in The Hangover 2. He's on that current show Billions on Showtime, which is very good. Hmm. But in another Christmas movie, All is Bright. He's in San Andreas. He's also in Straight Out of Compton, if you remember. <laughs> um, dude's been in a lot and he's a really versatile actor but in 12 years of slave american splendors santa he is not i i will say i will agree no. with you tom that he is the worst santa we've ever covered and i'm going to put him below santa's sleigh and a mm-hmm. christmas story because they were intentionally bad santas this is a yes. santa you were supposed to feel for who is supposed to be a normal mm-hmm. Santa, and jolly and bright, and he just came across the costume was cheap, the beard and the hair mm-hmm. looked fake, and well, we'll get into all that, but yes, definitely mm-hmm. not my Santa. The mm-hmm. awful elf Willie is played by John Michael Higgins, who is four <laughs> years younger than Paul Giamatti. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> It's just mind-boggling, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. He had a role on Miami Vice. He was on the TV show Sybil, the George Carlin show. He was in Weird Science. He had a role of Kurt on Seinfeld. G.I. Jane played some party, party of five. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Brothers Keeper TV show. He had a recurring role, a short recurring, short arc recurring role. Patrick on Mad About You. He was in Bicentennial Man. Who had the role of William on Frasier. He was Steve Miller on Ally McBeal. He was in the TV show The Burbs. He was on the George Lopez show. He was on Monk. 
He was on Arrested Development, recurring role as Wayne Jarvis. Modern Family, recurring role. Oh, no, that's not him. Never mind. Nope, not him. I, I thought the same thing. He was in <laughs> Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, Raising the Bar. He does play Professor Whitman in Community on The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. He was in We Bought a Zoo. Mm-hmm. He plays in Doc McStuffins. He was in per- Pitch Perfect as uh, one of the announcers. Also opposite his opposite in this movie as well and he was also on wilfred he was on wilfred i loved that he was on wilfred he's a recurring role on sophia the first which is one of ellie's favorite tv shows and uh it's awful because what they do on these disney princess tv shows is they do everything that normal people do but they just put the word royal in front of it and make it into a big deal oh we're gonna have a royal picnic today well what's the difference oh uh nothing we just said it's royal he has a recurring voice on bob's burgers He's in The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Big Hero 6, the series, and he plays the principal in the new Saved by the Bell series. Who's your favorite John Michael Higgins? Pitch Perfect. I don't know. I don't have a favorite. I don't care about him enough to have a favorite. He was hilarious in Pitch Perfect. Well, I don't know if Both of them together was pretty funny. I think I was going to say the same thing. I think it's the two of them. He's more of a... Hey, that guy pops up in everything actor. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, it's almost yeah, the same guy. Yeah. yeah. Except he was like a really cool young guy in Seinfeld. Like, his head really? was shaven. He had a beard. He was like Eileen's boyfriend. Really? She, she saw he had a wonderful head of hair and he wanted him to grow it back. But then when he wants to start growing it back, it, he was coming in like George's bald thing. And she was like, <sighs> I can't date a bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda Richardson plays Annette Claus, Santa's wife. She was a delight. She was about as delightful as Rita Skeeter was in Goblet of Fire. Oh, Rita Skeeter. Oh. Wait, so is she actually British? Yep. Yeah, oh, she interesting. She's not Queen British Li- in this movie. No. She played Queen Elizabeth I in Black Adder. She was in the TV sh- or in the movie Underworld. She was in also. Queen Elizabeth and Black Adder's Christmas Carol, which will probably make our list at some point, I'm assuming, right? Is Black Adder a comedy? It is a British comedy, it, yes. It is. One it of, is. A beloved British comedy. It's uh, is that one of those, like, Stephen Fry or what's it? Or Stephen Hugh Fry, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She was in Sleepy Hollow, The King and I, Alice in Wonderland, Ted and Ralph, The Fantastic Journey. She was in the 2004 adaptation of Phantom of the Opera. She was, as we already said, Rita Skeeter. So we have our Harry Potter connection nailed down. You know, really nothing else that really sticks out to me at all. She was in Good Omens, Madam Tracy in Good Omens. Hmm. I didn't recognize her not, I guess. Good Omens. No favorite for me. Well, Rita Skeeter, obviously. Rita Skeeter not. would be mine. Because yeah, that's I not because of her, favorite. that's because of the context of the show, of her role, right? Right. Wanda is played by Rachel Weiss, and she is the is love Wanda. interest of Fred Claus. Oh my God, so one dimensional. This is the least. I love Rachel Weiss so much. You and me both. Me too. And she just makes me sad in this movie. She, you could tell she just wasn't feeling it. She was oh, yeah. a stereotype, so one-dimensional. Yeah. She was in Stealing Beauty, which was a movie Christine made me watch while we were either dated or newly married. I had never seen it before. 
Uh, she was in the mummy. She's obviously the the mummy. She plays opposite. She's Brenda so Fraser. good in the mummy. She is I, so good in the mummy. We mummy. we all like those movies, right? The ones with Absolutely. Brenda Fraser. Oh, I love those. Love films. the mummies. I love yeah, them. I love Even the bad the, ones. I love, that I love. Whole genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mummy, the Da Vinci Code, Night at the Museum, that whole quasi historical adventure. She was yep. in Beautiful Creatures. She was in Constantine, The Constant Gardener, The Fountain, Aragon, The Lovely Bones. She was in The Lobster, Oz the Great and Powerful. Uh, and she's got a she's got a new movie coming out, Black Widow. Ooh. Oh, Black Widow, the Marvel film. Uh huh. Yeah, she's a she's a mama. She's yeah. She's mama. She's her widow. mama. Well, yeah. I don't know about mama, but like when you watch the previews and stuff it looks like a family dynamic and she looks like the mother character uh speaking of black widow me and my friend were talking earlier julia how lucky are we Endgame came out last year because imagine it's slated for march this year kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back couldn't have done it nope couldn't have done it (laughs) me either (laughs) who's your favorite rachel weiss the mummy the mummy i agree yeah yeah it's probably the mummy Playing Mama Claus, Santa and Fred's mother, who for some reason doesn't age at all, is Kathy None of Bates. Them do. It's part None of them do except mythology. Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah. my God! It's so part annoying. of the mythology in this well, movie. I don't even know where to start with Kathy Bates. The woman is just. How about misery with that bone crunching scene? Nope, I don't want to think about oh. that. Oh. It gives me the shivers every time I think. One of the most. I saw that as a kid. It was traumatizing. Oh, it Lord. still is. That scene is still so freaking hard to get through, and you know it's coming every time. You've seen it every time, and you still. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the sound. You're absolutely right. It's the sound that does it. Not even. I mean, uh, yeah. It's 100% the sound that throws you mm-hmm. off. Fried green tomatoes. Tawanda. Jabe's calm. Jabe's calm scream isn't even like his pain. Isn't it's like, oh that bone crunch. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Saint Elsewhere. Julia, you were naming a couple of your favorites. You want to say those again? Because I think I talked over you. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say fried green tomatoes. She goes full Tawanda in the parking lot on that little yellow bug bug what is wrong with you lady face it girls i might be old but i have more insurance (laughs) (laughs) she was in the office as joe bennett the ceo for a while yes she was with those great connections she was good on that show i forgot she changed her dogs too it wasn't always the great danes (laughs) oh she did change her dogs yeah she had two other kinds of dogs too like some sort of collie mix or something i don't know she was in six feet under the golden compass like you said the office harry's law well she was also in the big bang theory and the most recently she's been doing the american horror story yeah she was in dolores playborn in the blind side <laughs> i loved her character in the blind side that movie was, i love that movie mm-hmm, water boy oh yeah yep you playing that foosball that's probably my favorite <laughs> kathy bates <laughs> is it really? My favorite <laughs> Kathy Bates is Misery. You know, you know why Ooh, I say mine's that. Mine's fried Julia? green tomatoes. She has not done anything comparable to that, and that was way. No. I guess she was way outside of everything she ever does. It was just fun. That's a good point. Trevor Trevor Peacock is Papa Claus. Does he say a single word in this movie? 
<laughs> no, he doesn't. I don't think he does. He doesn't, he doesn't say any words. Which is a shame because he's awesome in The Vicar of Dimbley. He's Jim in The Vicar of No, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, what? I don't the watch Vicar that show. The of Dibley, all the time, he'll be like, uh, well, no, 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 yes. <laughs> so is, he com- is he a comedian? He is hilarious. The Vicar of okay. Dibley is unbelievably funny, and I want to get those Christmas movies on soon. Okay. The Christmas episodes, Anthony. Oh, he was in Neverwhere? He was in Neverwhere. He was in the Midsummer Murders TV series. He was in like the, the Walking Digger in Hamlet. He was the, in The Walking Dead. He was in the Underworld TV series. Underworld had a TV series. It did in the 1990s. So, but his what acting career. He played Bill Durham hmm. in Walking on the Water. Oh no! Never mind. Let's take that back out. He was in Waking the Dead. I was scanning too fast. Oh, that is different. My bad. <laughs> Just a little bit different. I was like, how did a Brit find his way to Georgia? (laughs) For The Walking Dead, I don't understand. My favorite, hands down, no question asked, is Jim. Walk the Vicar of Dibley. Mine's probably Jim, too. Ludacris is in this. Ludacris is a rap artist, for those of you who don't know. He has been a recurring role in the Fast and the Furious series. He was in the 2004 movie Crash. Just bizarre that you're talking. I about told you, Chris, right now. We know so much. Chris in a fi- Christmas movie. <laughs> Christine it's Ludacris's I, face in a Christmas movie. Let's right? be real. Christine and I legitimately know somebody whose favorite movie franchise is The Fast and the Furious. Sadly, I do too. Oh. He was in Hustle and Flow, Ball Don't Lie. He was in Max Payne, a lot of his own movies. A lot of his in, own movies. Like his own music videos. He was also oh. in a Justin Bieber music video. He was in Empire, Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow. And uh, I like Ludacris a lot more as a rapper than an actor. Yes. I don't like Ludacris, period. And stop. And stop. Elizabeth Banks plays Charlene, who for some reason is taller than all of the other elves and wears yeah. really low cut. Is she an elf? Inappropriate clothing. That I don't understand. That's not very elf-like to me. Yeah, the breasts is very distracting. She was my favorite elf. But of course she was pervert. <laughs> because of the breasts. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Elizabeth Banks, period, as we'll find out when Tom runs through the credits. Why is she not. so tall? She's an elf, mm-hmm. right? I mean, did I miss something or she's not account, actually yes. an elf? Okay. She's just so very I, tall. I got to wondering while I was watching it, is she like Santa's daughter or something? That's what I her? thought for a while too, yeah. But they never make any reference to that anywhere. Yeah, nope. I don't do think so. She was in Shaft, Sex in the City, Wet Hot American Summer, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Seabiscuit. Man, that movie was everything for a minute. Spider-Man 3. The forty-year-old virgin. She was in W. She, she was so funny in that movie. She was in Scrubs, <laughs> which was on another awesome show. She was American in American Dad, Thirty Rock, ongoing um, disturbing character in Thirty Rock. <laughs> she played Mrs. Claus on Robot Chicken. She was Effie in the Hunger Games series. Mm-hmm. She was in the TV show The Muppets. Again. Oh, I wish that show went on longer. I love that show. Did you like that show? I never watched it. It looked too 
It was the office meets the Muppets. It was that, like yeah. it was classic Muppets, but they did, I love that they had them doing the interviews with the camera because it's the Muppets doing those. Interviews. I have to watch it. I think that's on my voodoo too. By the way, ooh, good to know for no reason. Lego. <laughs> she was also in Maroon Five music videos for some reason. What the um, crap is everybody in a know. Maroon Five music video? I guess so. This is like an Adam Sandler movie where they just, he just employs all of his friends and goes to some cool location, films a movie, and they get to hang out and make some money while they're at it. Didn't you see the Maroon 5 music video with me in it? You're in a Maroon 5 music video? Is that that one with all the hot chicks in it? Obviously. I would have been in that music video. It's the one with. uh, Not because uh, I'm hot chick, but because the one that. uh, Who's the most beautiful woman in the world? Wonder Woman. What's her name? Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, mm, I think disagree. she's like one of the most beautiful women. I think she. I think she has a very classical look to her too. She's mm-hmm. beautiful, but she has a very classy look to her. I love mm-hmm. her. Hundred percent agree. Let's wrap her up. She was herself on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Continued in the Wet Hot American Summer franchise. Was on Modern Family in the Pitch Perfect franchise. What's your favorite, Elizabeth Banks? Probably Hunger Games. Hunger Games. I liked her. I loved her with How American Summer and the Netflix show. I loved her in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. I loved her in the Lego movie. I loved her in Zack and Mary Make a Porno. I lo- She's funny on Modern Family to me. Didn't like her on Scrubs. Didn't like her on 30 Rock. No. no. 30 Rock, I just, I couldn't buy it. It didn't. It, Avery and what's-his-face's relationship was just not believe, believable to me at all. She, she was the great Laura Bush at, in the movie W. She was one of the best parts about that movie. Huh. She was really good in W. Next up, Clyde, Kevin Spacey, um, who is just as likable in real life from what I hear as he is in this movie. Uh, not yeah. to mention that he's obsessed with Superman in this movie, which is funny because he played Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. <gasps> that is funny. Um, he gave us a little precursor to his perversions in the movie American Beauty back God. in the day. What? <laughs> what? Did he not? No, he, he did. I'm just saying the way you phrased it. You like, you like my segue? You like how I brought that up? <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, he was in The Usual Suspects, Outbreak, Seven, A Time to Kill, L.A. Confidential, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, A Bug's Life, The Negotiator, the Big Kahuna, Pay It Forward, K-Pax. Oh, that was a terrible. That was movie. awful. He was in Austin Powers. He was in Superman Returns, the movie Twenty One. He's such a good actor. He, he, yes, he has done some crappy stuff though. Mm. In, in real life and in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, he. What's, uh, your, what's your favorite Karen Spacey? Oh, the Usual Suspects. Mine would be The Usual Suspects or House of Cards or 21. 21 is such a great movie. Um, I can't say The House of Cards because I stopped watching it because there was a time when poor Tom was entrenched in naivete and thought House of Cards was far too far, (laughs) far too far-fetched for reality. The politics could not be this ludicrous. Um, There's one thing the last nearly four years have shown me. Said it's a documentary. I was wrong. I was wrong. (laughs) I was wrong. I watch it. I'm like, this is just ridiculous out of control. I'm done. I'm done. This would not be happening. This is not how things work. And uh, I was wrong. Flam, our cute little boy in this, is played by 
Bobby J. Thompson. He's done a lot for a kid born in 1996. He was a recurring role in the Tracy Morgan show. He was on Whoopi, voice in Shark Tale, had a recurring role in That's So Raven. He was in Brother Bear 2, just for Anthony, we'll throw that one out there too. <laughs> none, of that was record, none of that was recorded. Our conversations, we never record, start recording early enough. No. Okay. I thought you meant none of what I just said. And I was like, dad gummit. Uh, he was in Land of the Lost, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, 30 Rock, Snowman, The Boondocks, Are We There Yet? Elementary, and uh, he's in Mural and the Dying Girl. Yeah, yeah. Where he's a much older kid. Uh, do you have a favorite? No. I do. I liked him as Gary Cole in the unauthorized behind the scenes of a different stroke story. <laughs> oh. I, I don't I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm joking. I don't have a favorite. I just wanted to get that in there because I love those really crappy unauthorized Hollywood stories of like TV shows that I Oh really my gosh. <laughs> he was in role models. Wasn't Elizabeth Banks in that too? She was, yes. All right. That was painful to get through. Well, it was painful to get through. Like, we've had longer casts, but this cast is actually good for the most part and has stuff to their name, which is why it yeah. boggles my mind that they're in this film. So mm-hmm. I'll just kick off with my history first. I saw this movie in theaters. They cut these oh. trailers really well to make it look good. I saw it in theaters, and I hated this movie. I still hate this movie i don't get this movie and i think a lot of it comes down to whether or not people like this movie santa claus preferences right <clears throat> like tom for example as mentioned before he doesn't really care for when santa's married we've mentioned before we don't like when he has children things like that i don't need to know about santa's parents or weird selfish brother i like santa as santa i like him with a wife maybe no kids, nothing else, no other family. I like that the children of the world are his family, and that's why he does what he does. I don't like this corporatized North Pole with this scary, cheap-looking Paul Giamatti Santa Claus who can't get his sleigh up, apparently, according to his wife. So that's all I have to say on that. Didn't like it then. Don't like it now. Having said that, if it's on TV, there's enough atmosphere where if there's nothing else on, I could leave it on for the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it is a gorgeous looking North Pole, which we'll get to. The outside, mm-hmm. anyway. But uh, um, yeah. It's a wrong North Pole. It should have been dark. It should have been yeah. dark when Clyde and Fred arrived. No sun. December in the North Pole. Uh, meteorologically speaking... Yes. It's it's magic. I'll allow it. <laughs> what are your histories with it? You know, I saw this casually. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I saw it back in the day. I thought, eh, it's an okay movie. And uh, then I watched it yesterday. And uh, to quote Anthony, this is just hot garbage. Hot garbage. Uh, Tom, how about you say what you said before we started recording? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll paraphrase what Tom said. I feel like I'm going to be eating crow, do eating a little crow. Oh, that that part, that part, yeah. No, uh, I need to eat crow because I was giving Anthony a hard time. I thought he was uh, 
I thought he was being unnecessarily harsh on this movie, and I was mistaken. I was wrong. It is, again, as Anthony would say, hot garbage. So I don't remember when I first saw this movie. (laughs) At some point, it was on, and we watched it, I think, is probably how it happened. It gets a lot of play at Christmas time. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And uh, I don't hate this movie. I also don't like this movie. I will leave it on if it comes on for Christmas, if it's the North Pole stuff. But I really don't like Vince Vaughn. So I really don't like many movies that Vince Vaughn is in ever. So I think even if it had a really good story and all that stuff, I would still kind of not like this movie because it has Vince Vaughn in it. Well, I'll read you what Brian Lowry of Variety said, Julia. He said the film has many shortcomings, but most of all, Vaughn Vaughn was miscast as his rapid-fire delivery and angry persona does not fit well with the story. No, he's not that kid grown up from the beginning. He's not. Nope. I think they would have done better getting some sort of shyster character in here, some sort of like... I would have been okay with like Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman would have fit this role, like especially if it was Jason Bateman from Arrested Development. Or Jason Bateman from Zootopia. Jason Bateman from Zootopia, I can agree with wholeheartedly. So I just have to get out of the way. The set at times looked good. At times it looked terrible. It was, there were so many things they did wrong in this movie. Just from a visual perspective, when I'm in snow, I want to see people breathing cold. I want to know it's cold. Nobody acted cold. Nobody seemed cold. There was no breath coming out. When Mm -hmm. they were flying in in the, the sleigh, it was supposed to be really going fast. There was no wind. Like, how hard is it to put a wind machine on people? Vince Vaughn was leaning back. <laughs> they clearly had no special effects budget because mm-hmm. did you see how fake those reindeer looked? Oh, they, they were awful. There are the move that's reindeer and Santa Claus, the movie from the 80s, look better than those. And this is 2007. Well, there were how many movies, how many times were there where you could tell that they were superimposed onto a picture background? You can right. almost mm-hmm. see like the cutout. It looked like a Zoom virtual background. Um, actually, that would look better. And the elf faces on the little bodies was just. Sometimes not good. they looked. It looked very um, uncanny. Sometimes. Yeah. Uncanny Valley. Yeah. So Pulling I. St- a highly questionable choice for a Santa. The whole. The whole. I couldn't reconcile thing. Was I couldn't reconcile the aging. Like, why did Paul Giam went? Like, I get they were all what allowed to live forever because of him. Yes. But why did he age and stop aging as an old man? And Vince Vaughn stopped aging at like thirty something, forty, and his parents stopped aging at like fifty. I don't get why they. I don't know. I don't. I didn't. Well, the the mythos here is supposed to be that he became a saint, which is something usually conferred upon people posthumously. And for whatever reason, when he became a saint, he became eternal. I guess. But why are his, his parents, family. why are all of his parents, why is his brother, and again, with Anthony, and why are they all aging? Because I mean, like, this was obviously. That's uh, the park. Their being childhood was, a, was medieval, medieval, right? Yeah. It's the park to being family with the saint. Come on, Tom. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> so I was looking for this quote earlier. One of our listeners, Vinny Brzezinski, <laughs> wrote on Facebook. He said, for, I think for I some had him reason, for the ornament swap. He said, for some reason, I enjoy this goofy movie. I posted a gif of somebody rolling their eyes and looking exact, exasperated. And he replied, 
Anthony Caruso, it's like watching Adam Sandler movies. It's not a good movie, but if it's on TV, I'll put it on. And I replied to him, Vinny, you know what? Comparing it to watching an Adam Sandler movie is the perfect analogy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Not for me. I can put an Adam Sandler movie on and have it go in the background a lot more than I can do Vince Vaughn. Bobby Boucher. The picture that you posted on Reddit from the movie. Yeah. Show is just if, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen this movie, you don't know how awful we're talking about the the special effects. Go look at it. The everything about this looks fake. And Paul Giamatti's costume and his <laughs> Albert Einstein esque hair is just not what Santa looks like. You'd would have thought they would have at least put money into Santa, making him look like Santa. A good not Santa. A, yeah, not a Walmart look, Santa belt. No, he doesn't look put together. He looks sweaty all the time. Like his white isn't white enough and the bags under his eyes are like very off-putting. He, no part I mean, of Paul Giamatti looks like Santa. No and, part. And, and even his voice, right? Like people yeah. like act. Don't just use your regular voice. You know what I mean? Emote or something. Yeah. Put yeah. In a little more, inject a little more caring or softness into yourself. Yeah. Like he's done it. He's done it in Saving Mr. Banks. Did you see that movie with Emma Thompson and yeah. Tom Hanks? Yeah. He yeah. was a very gentle soul in that movie as her driver. Mm-hmm. He looked like I could have used some of that into this portrayal of Santa. But no, he mm-hmm. was Paul Giamatti dressed as Santa. Yeah, which is a bad idea. I'm not saying that Paul Giamatti couldn't be a good Santa because he's an excellent actor. I think yeah. if you're a good enough actor, you can pull off almost any role with the right makeup. It's almost like he wasn't trying. It's almost like he read this script, thought, this is going to be a crappy movie and an easy paycheck, so I'm just going to, you know, sleepwalk my way through it. Gary Blauman on Reddit said, Fred Claus does a really good job of making Christmas not feel like Christmas. Paul Giamatti (laughs) is one of the worst-looking Santas we've seen. The film overall just misses the mark. Yeah. Oh, he's right. It's so accurate. It is. The one scene that I really did like a lot, I liked the the siblings anonymous. I thought that was a really funny concept. <laughs> with with Robert in, Clinton Jr. Oh my we gosh. have we have you go in and you have um, Vince Vaughn sitting there and Roger Clinton's talking about how upset he is watching that footage of his brother still comes on TV and how traumatizing that is. Uh, what was it? His State of the Union address was on the History Channel. <laughs> yeah. um, you get Frank Stallone talking about talking about yeah. Rocky. And, how about, and then you have uh, Stephen Baldwin, yeah, kind of raging out about, you know, raging out with his anger, obviously directed towards Alec Baldwin. That whole Stephen, thing, that whole scene was just funny. Stephen Baldwin funny is a douche. The Baldwins all live around here. They have houses in this town. Just really. Also, did you notice? I'm going to give a shout out to a cameo I was happy to see, and I wish he had a bigger role in this movie. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he was the he was he was the guy who was getting a parking ticket. Oh, I didn't oh, oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was hitting on Rachel Vice. Yep. Okay. What's the deal with the, this North Pole getting audited by Kevin Spacey's character? Who is the North Pole beholden to? Like, who sent him up there? I'm trying to. <laughs> Who's putting rules like the same? conglomerate is putting rules on the tooth fairy and they're cutting the easter bunny and none of it makes sense and how could they really even shut him down i mean really yeah that was i mean of all the weak parts of this movie that was an extremely weak part but the end of the movie is not completely unredeemable to me 
Where they're all watching um, the kids open the gifts. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, like that. And then, I mean, I liked that Kevin Spacey, I liked the cape thing with Kevin Spacey. That made me kind of happy. I mean, that's, I like that Santa employed him in the end. That made me kind of happy. The, the but, cape thing with him was something reminiscent we've seen in a lot of these movies, like Mrs. Santa Claus. Yeah. She gave the guy the teddy bear. Frosty the yeah. Snowman, Santa gave the guy a new hat. Like we've seen Neil. some, yep, Neil, they Neil. got him the weenie whistle. Not that yep. Neil was antagonistic, but. No, but but no. The, the gift is somehow a, a, Melts an her. perspective. I mean, even yeah. he, that's when he believed he was Santa. Yep. Right. Reminds them of their childhood, brings them back to their belief. Yeah, the, I liked that. I liked Sam's character in the movie. I mean, there are, there are snippets of heart in this movie, teeny little bits of heart, and that's what keeps me from thinking it's abysmal. But it's not enough to make me think it's a good movie either. You know so, what's disappointing to me? I wanted Sam to get adopted by Vince Vaughn. Me too. Yes, me too. And that's what I thought was going to happen. I did too. When they're like, and Sam got a family, and then it's like, wait, what? What? Because that would have shown like just the ser- the amount of growth. Because that's like the Sam, having Sam around is the one redeeming quality of Vince Vaughn early on, right. right? Where he's trying to protect and take care of this kid, right? And that's what. And Sam is the one who you know when he finds out he's naughty. That's when Vince Vaughn decides to put every kid on the good list, which okay. bothered me about Paul Giamatti Santa that he got so upset about that because I like the Santas in previous films where they're like. Every child has the capacity to be good, and we try to cut them slack around Christmas. That's yeah, how Santa like, is. Yeah, yeah, the top, top list was crap. Where you're yeah. like, where you and the elves are shaming a child for bad behavior instead of hoping they'll yeah. do better? No. But no, I fully agree, Julia and Tom. I thought he was going to adopt Sam. Yeah. And, uh, I, and, I, and I agree, Julia. There are snippets of heart in this movie, but I think that's what makes it in my mind that that's what redeems it for you that's what makes it worse for me because i think as much as i don't like again santa with this family of you know this huge extended family whatever Mm -hmm. i think the concept in the hand of a better writer could have like there was that heart there there was an underlying heart to this story where if they had cast it better and written it a little better it could have been really good yep Uh, talking of casting about it i'm gonna throw some shade to kevin spacey here he made really poor decisions as an actor for this. He was far too caricature-ish for the rest yeah. of the movie being like, like, all of this is normal. These are real people. Santa is, is real. Vince Vaughn or Fred has reacted negative. I mean, like he, he's, he's turned from, from a way of good out of resentment. Everybody else seems like they're trying to make them real people. And he is just this over-the-top caricature. Like I was just waiting when he was shredding the shredding the stuff in the office for him to, you know, yeah. his fingers together and go, whoa. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God, that scene where he confronts Vince Vaughn like in the empty North Pole in the middle of the, the night. What the heck, dude? What the heck? I was so glad for all of, as much as I didn't like Vince Vaughn in this movie, that his character didn't buy that crap. When he was like, yeah. whatever you're trying to pull, I'm not falling for it. Because it was the most over-the-top villainy spiel. Like, it's the equivalent to like, those old school superhero movies where they spend the la- the climax monologuing, giving the hero enough time to stop their plan. That's way to out for them. Yeah, it did. But it also wasn't Vince Vaughn's character to have been just to not have seen an opportunity to make his brother look bad, right? The character that we've seen up to that point was really resentful of his brother. 
Yeah. I thought it was a little redeeming of Vince. I've, I'm glad I didn't take that opportunity to make him look bad because that would have made me hate his character even more. I'm glad they gave him a little bit because we've seen he had redeeming qualities before this point. Again, with the naughty nice list and how he behaved with Sam. And even the beginning of this film, he did love his brother. So I'm glad there was enough of that there. He didn't sell him out to Kevin Spacey. You liked his whole line. Nick, there's been one thing that's been eating at me since I've been here. The naughty nice list that you got. There are no naughty kids, Nick. They're all good kids. Some of them are scared. Some of them don't feel like feel listened to. Some of them had pretty tough breaks too, but every kid deserves a present on Christmas. The best line in the movie. Santa shouldn't need to be told that. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't need to. And that's another problem I have. But it was beautiful. But I like that Vince Vaughn said it. I like that Vince Vaughn I like said it. Fred said it. Yeah. I mean, it would all... Do you want to know my favorite line from the movie? The end? Yeah. What? You're going to get hooked on that thing. I can see it now. 16,000 bags of Cheetos <laughs> later, you'll wake up. You're 35. You're overweight. You're crying about your life in front of the soaps. I just did you a favor. You get outside, play around, make some friends, play the play, kick the can, do some athletic stuff, go to school. You're comfortable enough to play sports. You get a partial scholarship. You got an ethnic. You've got any ethnic in your background? Any ethnicity in your background? I bet you do. It's America. You know. You know what I mean. Find out what it's all. Find out what it is and put it down on the application for college. Now all of a sudden you get a little extra money on the side. Uncle Sam's none the wiser. You take that extra money. You buy a motorcycle with it or something. Be a lady. Maybe meet a guy while you're at school, and then you'll get pregnant with a child. It works out with that guy. It doesn't work out with the guy. Who cares? You're blessed with the little kid in your life. You're going to be athletic. You're going to be a moderate to lukewarm student. And you're going to have a child before you graduate college. And who are you going to have to thank for all that? Not the big guy in the red suit, but your pal Fred. <laughs> I love that little rant that he went off on the girl. Just... <laughs> so I, I liked when Fred was uh, talking about how it doesn't matter what the gifts are. Like, as long as every kid has something to open on Christmas morning, he says something yeah. to, most importantly, they all know there's somebody who's thinking about them. I really like that sentiment, too. Yeah. Well, and I liked what we saw with the kids opening the presents. We know that the presents weren't all the glorious, wonderful things that kids usually want because of the time crunch. But you see how the families are all together and they're happy mm -hmm. over the little gifts that they get anyway. It's a good reminder mm -hmm. that it's not what you get. It's the idea of, you know, it's the thought that counts. Yep. I, I loved uh, the way they could view the naughty and nice kids, the big snow globe where they would say a name, show me so-and-so. Like kind of like mm -hmm. Beast Magical Mirror. I thought that was a cool way to keep track of the, you know, naughty, nice kids. It would have been better if it didn't look so hokey. If it, it was hokey. If there were better effects, sad. yes. Yeah. The scene that I really did, couldn't stand was when Fred changed the music and got up and started doing some really bad dancing. And then the other elves got up and danced. None of that felt, that just felt like the cheesy, hokey North Pole stuff that I can't stand in movies. It was almost I didn't like, like the physical biting humor that no. was not humorous. I hated that too. It was almost like that dancing scene. They were like, well, this worked in Elf when Will Ferrell got drunk and the whole postal room starts to dance. So let's make it happen up here. And then pretty much that's, you know, now that you say that, that's exactly what that feels like. So Tom, I have a question. You know how you said earlier, Santa shouldn't have to be told that naughty kids, you know, Correct. They, would it have worked better for you since you said up to that point, you know, like would it have worked better for you if that's a lesson Santa bestowed upon Fred? But why would Fred have needed to know that? Well, exactly. Well, that's what I mean. I guess like, if, if Fred had, if there had been some part of Fred that had. 
if some part of Fred had just stamped naughty on all of them to get to be done with everything, right? Yeah, well, to your that. yeah, yeah. Um, I also liked when Fred was going to fly out of the North Pole and Clyde was blocking his way, and Fred was like, "If you don't get out of the way in three seconds, you're going to make me the happiest guy in the North Pole." And Clyde's like, "You don't have the guts," and then he just runs and bowls him down with the sleigh in the rain. <laughs> Which, let's face it, we all wanted Kevin Spacey to get his in this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What I couldn't believe when I was looking through IMDb is just how many seven Oscar eight, winners and tens this movie got. I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes. Let me do that real quick. Really? What I couldn't believe is this cast included three Oscar winners and two Oscar nominees. Two nominees. And they yeah. got them all for Fred Claus. Takes a lot of Maroon 5 to bring that kind of magic together. <laughs> 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 to your point julia about the heart in this movie i i, I do i did like the end it would have mm-hmm. been better if he adopted sam but i i really mm-hmm. did like the scene where they're all around the globe uh, the snow globe watching how happy they've made the children of the world as silent yeah. night plays i thought that was a very it hit me in the feels that's a pretty version of silent night yeah, it really was. Whoever that was. And I liked the bird's eye view of all the elves like pouring out of the one shot, you know, the one building and going through the streets, almost like a flock of birds, and they all pile around the snow globe. That was neat. Did the North Pole give you, um, the outside of the North Pole kind of give you, uh, it kind of looked very similar to me to Polar Express vibes, the yes. outside of it. Yes. It did. It really Including did. That giant building in the center. Yeah. yeah. That version of Silent Night, real quick, uh, was performed by Sinead O'Connor. Really? I just looked at Wow. Up. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that a great version. Yeah, it was. When he just shows up in Wanda's apartment and declares himself moving in, tells her how things are going to be. I'm with her. That was a little on the stalkerish side, y'all. Yeah, a little creepy. Is it bad that I think his costume looked better than his brother's costume? 100% it did. Even was that darker shade of red, I prefer the Santa suits to be rather than that ugly bright red. And that sooty, that soot that got all over the white just looked, made it look more magical. I didn't like the red gloves. I didn't like them either. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Like, I mean, I don't, the gloves aren't something I think about when I think of Santa's suit, but I prefer him not with gloves in general. Or if they're going to be gloves like the ones in the Santa Claus, those big, heavy, you know, black ones that work. Big, heavy ones. White or black. Not Didn't right. Kurt Russell have leather gloves? That would also work. Brown, yeah. leather, natural that's material. Al- that's what Tim Allen had too, the leather brown ones. Yeah. Yeah, the Santa that died had black ones, right? Yep. But then Tim Allen had brown ones. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the saddest little wave. I couldn't get it out of my mind that they would have to get Tim Allen to play that guy if they ever remade it. Dude, wouldn't that be epic? <laughs> <laughs> it would be so funny. That's the best casting right there, y'all. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie did pass the line this test in my mind. Yeah, it did. Without a doubt. And it was a Christmas movie. Yes. Even if it made the what did Gary Blauman say, Tom? It made a Christmas movie not feel like a Christmas movie. Christmas. Made Christmas not feel like Christmas. Yeah. And they had a stupid Santa chasing scene with all the Santas and the Santa suits chasing him down. I hate those scenes in movies. Ellie was very confused and upset by that. That was well, very, why is Santa hurting him? Why does Santa want to hurt him? 
I hated, to your point about the physical comedy, Julia, I hated that stupid snowball wrestling fight that Paul Giamatti oh and gosh. Vince Vaughn got into. Yeah. When he just picked up that perfectly formed snowball ready to go out of the... Didn't, didn't pack it himself or roll it himself. And then he waddled after Vince Vaughn to throw it. And I know, Tom, for you, Mrs. Claus is always hit or miss. This Mrs. Claus is a miss for me. A huge miss. Mrs. Yeah, Claus she was is awful. always a mess. And Mrs. And Mrs. Claus was also awful. Huh? Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Kathy yeah, Bates. like Grandma Claus. Kathy yeah. Bates. Not a fan of her either. You would expect Santa's parents to be a little After 500 years, you warmer? think she'd know. After 500 yeah, years, less you think she'd... favoritism towards right. one of their kids. After 500 years, you'd think she'd realize what she did to Fred. Like, and right. saying, why can't you be like your brother? Right. You'd think that St. Nicholas there would uh, step up and tell her to stop doing it. You'd think. A lot of expectations on folks here that we don't have. That's right. I, I will say, besides Silent Night, I did like a lot of the versions of the Christmas songs in this film. The music was nice. Yeah. I, although I did think of you guys again when he's delivering all the presents with that elf you hate tom and it's uh, and it's christmas wrapping second week in a row do you remember because you guys are huge parks and recs fans like myself the parks and recs mm-hmm. reference when they reference this movie no when john ralphio <laughs> suggests that Tom use a Vince Vaughn quote in his wedding toast and Tom asks swingers are crashers and John Ralphio's like no Fred Claus <laughs> that's awesome that's appropriate <laughs> and uh they did show Fred watching a Charlie Brown Christmas at one point that was a nice I liked touch. that yep mm-hmm. and in I Am Legend when Will Smith goes up is in the movie store. A poster for Fred Claus 2 is shown behind the counter. (laughs) Really? Oh, that's funny, man. Are we ready to write it? I'm ready. I'm giving this movie a three. Point two. Oh, man. It was bad, y'all. That is low. I I mean, I really, I think it's, I would rather watch Jingle all the way than this. (laughs) I am going to give it a 4.6. Which way gives, us, gives us an average of a 2.6, which puts that number 77 on our list. Between the spirit of Christmas, aka the hot ghost of Christmas, <laughs> and, and the original Black Christmas, 1974. That's so, fitting to me. I'm not upset with that. So I already met, read uh, Vinny's Facebook comment, but we got some other feedback about this movie. So Rebecca Ball put hashtag that's my North Pole. Which the North Pole is fine. North Pole. Mm -hmm. Jerry Davila wrote, This is one that I've only seen bits and pieces of for some reason. I remember wanting to see it when it was in theaters, but never got around to it due to my work schedule. Can't wait to hear if it's any good. Then Stephen Beach, aka Disco54, wrote, (laughs) I can tell you right now if you would like. And Jerry (laughs) said, Sure, go for it. And then Stephen replied, I don't want to use the words hateful and mean-spirited for this, but it's not a good film. Vince Vaughn does not make good Christmas films. This and Four Christmases are very low in his canon for me. And then he could Jerry have taken Re- the word Christmas out of that sentence entirely and still been accurate. 
Oh, I Vince Vaughn does not make good films. Makes better films than Adam Sandler. <laughs> I would not agree with that either. <laughs> You're outvoted, bro. <laughs> and then Rebecca Ball replied, that's a really interesting summary. I don't like Vince Vaughn ever, so she agrees with you. And then we got one positive comment from Sarah Urban. So Sarah, apologies. But she wrote, I love this one. When they're all standing around the globe watching the kids around the world open presents and then she put four hearts. We liked that scene too. So. Yeah, that's a magical scene for sure. I have something much more important to read from one of our listeners. Of course you do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, so gl- I'm so glad I'm editing this week. So, <laughs> you know, it's reasons like this I don't step in to do nice things for people. <laughs> don't right worry. Here. All of this will be left in its glory. All of it will so, be. So, President Hot Dog, longtime listener, he wrote, well, first of all, if you're not a patron, you don't hear this. At Every time we have a fireside chat with one of our patrons, Anthony asks them, who's your favorite elf? <laughs> we keep telling him to stop doing this because it's to obviously makes people To which Tom and I respond, stop asking people that <laughs> in unison. And Anthony made the comment that he nor I will ever have anybody list us as their favorite. And I told him, essentially speak for yourself, I know people like me. <laughs> <clears throat> so President Hot Dog created a post on Reddit in praise of Tom. I wake up yesterday morning, I see it. Of course, I click and open it and read it. (laughs) Everyone gave Tom a lot of guff for being the curmudgeon and having high Christmas standards. And that's more than fair. But in order to boost Tom's spirits, I think everyone should post a reason why Tom is their favorite elf. I have several actually. One, Tom is one of the more active elves on Reddit. I think that's fair to say that two-thirds of us are present on Reddit. <laughs> I'm, I could be considered present. <laughs> uh, I'm Tom present. Is a, Tom is able to pull some crazy facts out of thin air, specifically about the Orthodox Church. I know nothing about Orthodoxy, so those are always pretty interesting at the least. Of all the elves, Tom is the one most likely to play heel on something, the other two like, as far as I can tell, with Anthony a distant second. As a wrestling fan, I appreciate someone willing to be the bad guy. So when I say Tom is the worst, it's because I'm supporting him playing the bad guy on the podcast. I do, I do like to troll you both a lot. Oh, yeah. It's because when I play heel, people say I'm too mean-spirited. When I'm joking, Because you're angry Anthony. It's, it's not your fault. It's because you're from New York and y'all don't know where the line is. I think that's accurate. I think it's because you're from New York. I do. New Yorkers just come across as like... Yeah, just angry by nature. Ooh, and, angry then, by nature. and then President Hot Dog wrote, everyone, especially Anthony, needs to give Tom a little love in these hard times. <laughs> to which I say, go back a few episodes where I'm like, I love you, Tom. I love you, Tom. I like I how do. you put it in writing, though. i'm afraid that one day when i'm you know running for office or something that'll come back and bite me so i'm gonna go through my reddit history see anthony loves tom (laughs) uh, i think among your your uh, reddit history that's probably one of the least damning things that you'll have on there (laughs) that's also probably (laughs) you will not get a single vote from anybody who is conservative (laughs) Ever. 
not even my own family. <laughs> the, my favorite comment about of all of it though was Gary Blauman responding, "Is President Hot Dog just Tom in disguise?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then he put, "I kid. I love all the L's for for a variety of reasons." To which I say. Why do you love us, Gary Blauman? You need to make me and Julia feel good now because neither of us got a post dedicated to loving us. <laughs> Julia gets that like every week though. She does. Oh my gosh, I don't. Why are y'all saying this? People always talk about on, on social media about how much they like you. And Disco54 wrote in response to as a wrestling fan... I appreciate someone willing to be the bad guy. <laughs> he wrote, does that mean Julia is a white meat baby face? She's John Cena or Hogan? I agree that he does typical heel stuff. Perfect example was his insistence on calling football soccer in the latest episode. <laughs> it was classic heel tactics and he needs putting through a table. To which I said, challenge accepted. <laughs> and uh, President Hot Dog replied, Julia is definitely the white meat baby face. And Anthony is more of a tweener who can go heel or face as needed. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> We're all like, it sounds very nice, but we don't have any context. <laughs> White uh, meat baby got... face. Who's terrified to Google that? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm on my work computer now. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't do that on your... Insider slang what does white bread has... baby face mean? Insider slang for a character who has pure intentions and conducts themselves in an honorable way. Oh, yeah. Okay. It sure doesn't sound like that's what that would mean. And a tweener, <laughs> in, a tweener in wrestling is a character that is portrayed as being morally neutral or ambiguous. They are between a face and a heel. Sometimes referred to as gray is another term to describe this character as an anti-hero. I'll take it. It's like a whole wrestling lingo. We should have had April Riley guest tonight since she's a huge wrestling fan. She could have explained We should have. I don't, understand. Um, I don't understand this wrestling thing. President Hot Dog also commented on our Patreon episode, The Easter Bunny's Coming to Town. <gasps> I didn't and, see this and I'm so excited. So I'm going to read it. And it, it's, it's a few paragraphs long, but uh, I'm going to read the whole thing because I think it's interesting and because we always ask for feedback and people are yep. finally giving it. <laughs> so President Hot Dog wrote, Anthony might be the only person in the world who wrote letters to the Easter Bunny. <laughs> that said, the special <laughs> mailbox for Easter Bunny is probably just a hole in the ground because he's a rabbit or possibly under a shed in the backyard because that's where the rabbits lived at my mom's house. Speaking of Anthony, why do all the kids sound like Anthony? Does Rankin Bass only hire kids from the New York area? (laughs) 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 And then he he continued on. Kidville must have been the inspiration for Fallout 3's Little Lamplight. It's a town of all kids. The adults get pushed away, live in a cave under a giant mountain, kind of like BRCM. And there are a lot of monsters around to keep them trapped in their child hell. As for the one adult, Alleluia Jones, more like Neverland Michael. Creepo-rama. I think Julia nailed the issue with the aging of the children. Here's my theory, building off of hers. When you're in Kidville, you stay a kid forever, no matter how old you might be. When you leave Kidville, you age at an accelerated age until you catch up to your true age. So, like, if Mailman left the town and was actually 20 years old, then in a few years you'd go from a child to a 20-something. And then, Tom, this is the part that will interest you. 
I wish I had heard this episode prior to starting my Tom praise thread because his Gazooks, the nudist bear voice, is perfect. <laughs> and at the end, when he just <laughs> and at the end, when he just starts talking exclusively as Gunzooks, <laughs> I, <laughs> I had tears streaming down my face. That was so good. Tom's jokes are A plus throughout. President Hot Dog, me and Julia were the same way when we oh, recorded that episode. Tears. And we had legit tears. That I'll, was start one doing, I'll try to start doing more impressions. I enjoy doing impressions. <laughs> that was one of the ones we should have uploaded the video for to Patreon. Yeah. Oh, it was so funny. They, they continued, they were making up a whole lot of Easter traditions I've never heard of, like peeling and eating the Easter eggs. Granted, I never dyed eggs all that often, but who could peel a whole leg without breaking the shell? They're really straining for content. The egg-eating song, the first Easter egg roll, and a bunch of other stuff feels like it was made up. There are things that one specific guy at Rankin Bass did at Easter, and they just passed a sheet around and told people to sign up <laughs> related. They could think <laughs> maybe, maybe he thought it was a lunch order and he just wanted egg rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so lilies could have been named long teeth that's a pretty metal name for a flower I, <laughs> I thought it was really strange when they talked about everyone worships the lord in their own way or whatever it felt like it was out of nowhere like if they got financing from some religious organization he had to shoehorn in some jesus talk totally true yes then he ended it can i make end the teeth my reddit flare that's epic <laughs> Oh man. We need to update love, our Reddit flair a little bit. I love President Hot Dog. And President Hot Dog, if you're listening, we will schedule to get you on a fireside chat. ASAP. Oh yeah. I feel like it's pretty apparent he's listening. So Gary Blauman, who loves the question of the week, asked us, not sure if this has been asked before, but is there a primary person who you would say is most responsible for making you a Christmas lover? For me, it would be my grandfather. I can remember helping him set up his light display when I was younger and whenever I'd spend time at their house in the fall we, he would already have Christmas music playing he's no longer with us but when I hear Christmas music and see the lights I feel connected to him again and that is a beautiful story Gary Blauman I love that story. yeah my grandfather that I grew up with enjoyed to play the Scrooge he actually really say bah humbug he had a rule no Christmas stuff until after Thanksgiving which is just ludicrous <laughs> and he had a he had a Scrooge door knocker that he loved. It was comparable. A Scrooge door knocker, like as in the Marley a Marley one. Like no, it had like an old guy, and you would you would like push on his plastic, and it would say "Bah humbug, Merry Christmas." Oh, it was it was basically his Martin dancing Santa. <clears throat> huh, that's funny. How about you, I Anthony? Like, first of all, I would love a Marley door knocker. I know that's not that what your grandfather be. had, but that'd be cool—a cool decoration to put out. Yeah. For me, it would primarily be my mother. She's who I got my Christmas love from. Uh, my parents in general, but it was definitely my mom who wanted to put the Christmas decorations up early. And my dad always acted like it was a chore, but he always, ever the loving husband and good father, he always did it. And like I said, he, as much as he pretended Christmas was kind of a bit annoying, he was always the one like the old man in a Christmas story to come through with that gift we wanted in the end that even mom wouldn't know uh, he got for us. But so I'd say it was a, from both of our parents, my parents, but definitely my mom. She was the one who has that love for Christmas. Mm -hmm. so. Julia, did your dad 
know what you were getting for Christmas? Or was no, never. Uh -uh. When you opened it. Yeah. Me no, too. he'd <laughs> be angry when it was opened because then he would see that money was spent. <laughs> he was a scourge <laughs> in our family a little bit. Such a dad. Yeah. Um, so as a child, it was my mom all the way. Um, she's just a joyful person in general. So she just kind of embodies that Christmas spirit all year long. Um, as an adult, I kind of had a, a rebirth, a Christmas rebirth, so to speak, because Marty really br brought a whole different kind of Christmas spirit out in me enjoying it as an adult. And so it's a twofold. <laughs> so for me, it would definitely be my mom. My mom's a big Christmas fan. She listens to Christmas music year round, but I, di I, I, I diverged from her. She's very much one of those people who puts the Christmas stuff up early. And as soon as Christmas is over, like the weekend after she takes everything down, which feels, I tell her every year, it feels very screwed like to me. Um, mm -hmm. So, but my initial, my initial interest and in my, my love of celebrating year round came from my mama. Aww. My grandma has become more into it now. My grandfather, like I said, he was just, you don't do that, you know? When I say he was a Scrooge, he wasn't a mean Scrooge. It was all very fun-loving and fun and, and jest, but yeah. That's a good question. That was I a good those. question. We all missed the questions of the week, so keep them coming, Gary and other listeners, please, because we love learning more about one another and our listeners. So yeah, lots of good social media interactions this week. It was fun. Where, yeah. Where can, where can people join that conversation, Julia? I mean, we're on like all the social medias. If Twitter's your thing... We have a Twitter feed. If Instagram's a thing, we're there too. If you like Reddit, hey, we're definitely there. If you have Facebook, our Facebook group is on fire. And we have a super easy way for you to find all of these places. And all you have to do is go to tisthepodcast.com backslash insert social media here. So Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook group. And come chat with us. Some of us are active on Reddit. <laughs> One of us is definitely present. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. we you can you can talk to any of us in any of the places just pick your poison i am so excited to hear julia start that made my whole day anthony there's one more place that you referenced earlier if you want bonus tissa podcast content that won't drop in a regular feed visit us at tissapodcast.com slash patreon where for as little as a dollar per month you can get full-length bonus episodes, including our new fireside chat segments in which we just take an hour and talk to listeners about their Christmas traditions and sensibilities. And those have been really fun. We just did a full-length commentary track for everyone's favorite Christmas movie, Elf. And we plan on doing those for all the classic, you know, top undisputed classic Christmas films. That was super the fun. And then there's just other holiday stuff up there too. Uh, we have an exclusive Easter episode. We'll have exclusive Halloween content and Thanksgiving content coming up. And there's other exclusive Christmas content too. And if you feel like donating more than a dollar, depending on the level you want to contribute, you could even pick a movie and guest host with us, which is always um, Always also, fun. if you want to view our list, which grows and grows and grows by the week, just go to tisapodcast.com. It is all there in order for all of you. Tom and Julia, how would you feel about doing a giveaway? I have got stuff to give away from my Disney trip two years ago. So I so would love to do a giveaway. I think I want more people 
to join our private Facebook group. And I want more reviews on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And so how, I want more people to know about our store. So we, you have until May 4th, Star Wars Day, may the 4th be with you, to invite your friends to join our Facebook group, grow the Facebook group. Uh, if you just share about our Facebook group, tag us whenever you share, and we'll put you in the drawing. And then we'll so, just monitor the, we'll just monitor iTunes like we do. Yes, so you could do that. If you do both, you'll be entered into the giveaway twice. Julia, what will they get? I have I have three Mickey Mouse snowman antenna balls that I got from Disney World that are super cute. And then I have a pair of Home Alone socks. And I think I've got other stuff. I like when stop awesome. piling Christmas crap. <laughs> Not crap. Christmas amazing stuff. What if we pick two random names to send something to each of you? So... You know, get those iTunes reviews in by May 4th and share our Facebook group by May 4th. Help us grow, help, who, help new listeners find us because all this helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. So next week is Meet Me in St. Louis, followed by Better Watch Out. I haven't seen either of them. I don't know what Better Watch Out is. Okay, so Better Watch Out, I found randomly. I haven't watched it yet. It's a 27... 27- 16 2017 Australian American Christmas horror film, but it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it was uh, one of those rare horror films that got really good reviews. Yeah. And it's about a 17 year old babysitter and the 12 year old boy she's babysitting, uh, defending the home from robbers. So, but okay. it got really good reviews. So, just a reminder too: if you have movies you want to see, let us know. Our schedule is made out through the end of the year, but we're always taking ideas. Like Stacy McKenzie suggested Rare Exports to us, which is coming up this year. So we do take your suggestions and get them added to the list. Message us on any of our social media and let us know what you would like to see. Yeah, start. because before before you know it, we'll be building our list for next year. Because as Julia pointed out at the beginning of the episode, we yeah. don't have that many episodes left this year. No, not no. really. You know why we don't have that many episodes left this year? Because they're only 6,000 hours until Christmas. That's only 250 days. That's only 35 weeks. We're getting there. Which in coronavirus quarantine is seven and a half years. <laughs> it's, it, it is like dog years, isn't it? Dog years is ridiculous, because if dog years is really a thing, my dog would be 105. Why do dogs have different years? Dogs and cats have different years. So why can't they just be like, I don't know, their life expectancy is 12 years. I don't know. Like, why is that such a terrible thing? Well, people Why are we holding dogs to the same expectation that people are held to? So people actually get dogs and cats years, simplify it a little too easily, because when they're young, they age about seven years a year, but as they get older, that slows down. It becomes less and less, like six, five, four. I've never understood so. that. It's basically how their bodies age in relation so that we can understand why they how they grow. And on that yeah. depressing note, do your homework, y'all. Bye, And gang. we'll speak to you next week. Silence.